0: Hey, this is Leadership on Latte's. I'm Crystal Roberts, and I'm here virtually with my co-host, Dr. Danielle Lord. How are you doing, Hello. Danielle? Doing well. How are you, Crystal? I'm great. It's another beautiful sunny day in the Pacific Northwest, which is pretty incredible.
1: And not too hot.
0: <laughs> and not too hot? No, just perfect out there.
1: It is. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree.
0: What have you been up to today?
1: Well, you probably remember a couple weekends ago, we or a couple weeks ago rather, we had our yard regraded and uh, got rid of a bunch of stuff left over from a major construction project. And I have spent the last two weeks putting in hardscape. And today I planted a dogwood, two, three rhododendrons, and two hydrangeas. So I'm <laughs> a
0: little bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of work. <laughs>
1: But it looks amazing. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> that's great. That's good. Some progress. That's good. Before the rain comes, too.
1: <laughs> Before the rain comes, yeah. And turns the dirt to cement. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: That's good. That's great. Well, we said um, goodbye to our middle daughter uh, today. So, yeah, I'm feeling... She's a, a little a little down but excited yeah. for her to be back at college. So she's back at
1: yeah, back at school. Good for back her. Back at school. Yes. Good for her.
0: Yeah. Um sending her off today though, um, really made me think about today's topic, which is why it's so important around this psychological safety. Um, you know, when we were thinking about this topic, why it was so relevant today was because Psychological safety is always important, but it's even more important when you have um, uncertainty.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: And wow, that's the world we're living in right now, this uncertainty. You know what? We, it's so hard to look into that future and know what's coming. So um, sending her off to school today and knowing that the COVID numbers are, are um, you know, going up and up and up. Um, And wondering, hmm, I wonder if she'll be back in a couple weeks. So, yeah, safety, safety. And this, now we're talking about psychological safety, uh, which is also important for these kids, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's bigger than just psychological safety because we know from years and years of research what happens when we're in a constant state of stress, which results from Uh, Mm. a lack of psychological safety and what that stress does over time to the body. So I think, you know, it's much larger than just the psychological safety because over time it has much larger ramifications.
0: Yeah, yeah, so true. Yes. So today we're going to talk about, um, you know, what is psychological safety, obviously, and why does it matter uh, in our lives but in our workplace? Uh, what's our responsibility as members of our teams and our organization? And mm-hmm. uh, for us, we have a special responsibility as leaders.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what, uh, you know, why is it important, uh, especially right now? We talked a little bit about that already. Uh, but then, what, you know, steps that leaders can take uh, to create uh, psych- a psychologically um, safe uh, teams and organizations? Oh, good. Exciting
1: so, topic.
0: <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites, for sure, when it comes to leadership. Yes. So if you're listening, uh, uh, all the leaders out there who are listening to our podcast, if it's a cool day, grab a warm beverage. If it's a hot day <laughs> like it is today, then when we're actually recording this, um, maybe you want that um, iced latte or iced tea. So grab a cup and let's talk about leadership. So first off, let's just talk a little bit about what is psychological safety. And I have a definition here by um, Amy Edmondson, and uh, she's from Harvard, and she uh, wrote the book Fearless Organization. Mm -hmm. And she describes it as a shared belief held by members of a team that the team is safe for interpersonal risk-taking. A sense of confidence that the team will not embarrass, reject, or punish someone for speaking up. A team climate characterized by interpersonal trust and mutual respect in which people are comfortable being themselves. What do you think about that, Danielle?
1: I love the comfortable being yourself. And I think there are, there's a lot of connections to that one in terms of how we show up at the workplace right for years and years we always heard leave your leave your personal issues at the doorstep when you step over the threshold at, at work you're at work and i think that that is such an old outdated model of how we expect people to show up at work i mean you know we bring our whole selves to work we should be able to bring our whole self including who we are fundamentally as a human as a person right those those uniquenesses that make us who we are and bring that different perspective And if you can't share that different perspective, then really you truly do not have psychological safety in your workplace. So I I love that, Um, really respecting the fact that we show up differently um, from each other. And um, I think that that is an important piece that plays into leadership, because if you're gonna move into a leadership role, People have to know who you are and what to expect, and you don't suddenly become a different person or take on a different persona just because you are suddenly have that formal title of manager or leader. Uh, and I, I think that's what we see a lot of times um, when folks move into leadership roles is suddenly they become someone else, and it's it kind of leaves you scratching your head, and it's like. Wow, I um thought I had a good rapport with this particular individual. Now suddenly they get a new title, and suddenly I don't know who they are anymore. And I don't feel like I've, or I or feel like I've lost a connection with them. I don't feel like I can show up and and be my my true self any longer. And I think that that really damages uh, relationships overall in the workplace. And you know, we talked uh, one of the definitions we looked at a couple of weeks ago was what does it mean to be a leader, right? And it's that ability yeah. to. Maintain the relationship through a um, non-coercive way. So I I think that, yeah, that that to me is key when you talk about psychological safety in the workplace. You are who you are and embrace it, and it will carry through for you in a positive, meaningful way when you step into a management or leadership role.
0: Yeah, so so true. Um, And as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, we it's we aren't we don't ever even though it, we might feel like we uh need to leave who we are at the door when we go to work it never we never can right yeah. because we are who we are we're we are individuals and if we kid ourselves and think that um we can leave that at the door that's that's that disconnect between who we are and what that expectation of as that we can be something different and that's where the stress is it's that gap between us and where we think we should be or what what those expectations are of us from others in the organization that we have to be um look and act a certain way in an organization but that true true person is still underneath all those layers of persona
1: uh-huh. so and think about the cognitive dissonance yeah. that, that that yeah that, um amounts to when you're yeah. trying really hard to be someone that you're not
0: yeah it's I, exhausting i, I think
1: if- Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, tiring, indeed, among many other things. But I think about um, the persona uh, that we take on sometimes when we're sitting behind the keyboard and responding to things on, like, Facebook or, yeah, you know, what else is out there, right? Um, Instagram or whatever. Uh, my, my tech savviness is really coming out here. But, you know, sometimes you, you become that Internet troll. And it's because if it's it's a, and there's a, a technical name for it, which I can't remember, but basically you are behind a cloak of anonymity, right? And right. so I think if you're not allowed to bring your full self into the organization, and you again are somehow hiding behind some cloak of anonymity, and I think you can at that point um, step into some, some behavior that you wouldn't normally do because you suddenly feel like you have this veil of secrecy. Um, and it through, through that lack of authenticity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's such a cost, right? There's such mm-hmm. a cost to the individual, um, your health, but also yeah. to the organization. Yes. And yeah. we know that that dampens innovation. Um, it dampens connection uh, to each other because we're not showing up authentically. Um, You know, it impacts engagement, and motivation. So lots of negatives when when we don't provide that psychological safety for people to show up as themselves. And on the flip side of that, there's a lot of benefit, right? There's Uh um, encouraging people to speak up. Um, Even in conflict situations, we know that people are more likely to be able to um, have disagreements and different ideas um, in a productive way. Um, we, we know that with innovation and any time that you're bringing new ideas to the table, which of course is the lifeblood of any organization, um, that failure is going to happen. So we know that in a psychologically safe environment, people are more willing to risk and fail knowing that they can overcome that and learn from that. That's that learning culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and even in the end, it promotes accountability and ownership because of that, Uh, people being willing to talk about um, times where things haven't worked well. And so it's sort of admitting those sort of things to say, let's learn from this um, and not just hide it underneath um, the carpet and hope that other people don't see it um, Mm -hmm. so other people will make the same mistake.
1: Um, Uh, Wow, inevitably.
0: Yeah. And right. I mean, that you worked in healthcare.
1: (laughs) I know (laughs) that
0: you probably have many horror stories about those sorts of things where people just are afraid to to speak up. And, uh, you know, there's real, there's literally life Uh, and death at stake
1: absolutely absolutely the um you, re- you hear about it all the time you know patient was sick they got septic they didn't know what was going on they went back in mri x-ray whatever revealed um a sponge <laughs> you know, just yeah oozing ba- bacteria or you know whatever the case is and certainly you know it got to the point in healthcare where the joint commission even stepped in and said okay we're gonna provide you with guidelines about how you function particularly in the or suite um to you know because patient safety is is really at risk here, but ultimately so was um employee safety uh in the workplace because they recognize that yeah, there's a much larger cost than just the overall health of the patient um but the the cost associated to the organization as well, yeah so, yeah
0: right yeah.
1: Yeah. I, and i also i I love this particular body of work that was done maybe 10 years ago, it was Cuddy, Fisk, and I wanna say Stark, Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y, uh, Fisk, F-I-S-K-E, and again, I think it's Stark, S-T-A-R-K, three res- researchers out of Harvard. And they've really found that what happens if you have um, that, that or you lack that psychological safety in your workplace, is that not only uh, do you not have the innovation and, and the things that you, we just talked about a few minutes ago, but also can lead to sabotage. And that sabotage can be either active or passive. And so even passive sabotage, you know, I'm going to take five minutes extra every day because you owe it to me, right? Because you're mean to me or I feel belittled or I don't feel safe. Five minutes an extra a day over the course of every year, you know, that's a a good chunk of productive, potentially productive time. Um, So that's on the passive side. But then you get on the active side and you can really start to see where people, employees begin to do some serious damage to your organization um, through things that they say or even things that they do. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's really, you, you talk about that with folks a lot of times with leaders and you it's amazing how they will discount that and say, oh, that would never happen in my mm-hmm. team or that would never happen in my organization, but I have seen it countless times. Yeah, seen it a lot. Yeah, seen it happen a lot. Um, It it almost gets to be like a Munchausen by proxy syndrome too, um, because you have employees who feel so disengaged or so unempowered to do something that they intentionally go out and sabotage something so that only they know how to solve the problem, and then that gives them a little bit of credibility by saying, "Wow, look at." Um, Joe solved the problem and you know they're, they're feeding into or thinking they're feeding into engagement that way when really it was the result of someone saying um, I, I've got the upper hand here I'm going to show you really who has the upper hand it's me not you <laughs> so it, yeah. it really does happen it's a real thing
0: yeah yeah and I, I I agree it's sometimes it's difficult for people to accept that this is actually true Mm. um, that people will, um, not behave in those ways, but time and time again, uh, we know this is, we know that this is true. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, for sure. and I get it. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a bitter pill to swallow, particularly for leaders who haven't gotten really good leadership development experience to say, wow, maybe I really am the problem here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one wants, no one wants to admit that. Right. But, um, right, yeah, that, that's a yeah. tough one.
0: It's a tough one, and uh, just sort of um, jumping off of that, what you just said there—that nobody wants to admit it—we know that the f- the first thing that's important for leaders to do when you're making an actual conscious shift away from um, a, an environment that has not been very safe to creating one that is. Is it's really important to start with that apology to say, as a leader, I recognize mm-hmm. that I played a role here in um, creating this toxic environment, and I'm going to. Here are the things that I'm going to do that will make it better. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's a pretty uncomfortable place for a lot of folks. You've got to be pretty, pretty comfortable in your own skin. Uh, yeah, to, to make uh, an, an announcement like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Generally, there's got to be some <laughs> some pain happening in in that team or in that organization that's causing the organization some real problems. In order for a leader to really be able to see that and to step yeah. forward, so that that's a, that is a bold move. Um, but I think most people can probably at least step up and say. Um, I know I've made mistakes to say something about um, maybe, you know, there's things about my behavior that I want to shift um, so that we can have more constructive conversations. So we can have um, people contributing more to um, their ideas and um, moving forward, helping our organization move forward and and as you know, thinking about it in this context right now, um, in these really moments of uncertainty. Yeah. So one thing that we know that psychological safety is not, um, is just about being nice. So mm-hmm. the thing that I really that made me uh think about this was um in Brene Brown's book, uh, Dare to Lead, she talks about clear is kind. And unclear is unkind, and how important it is for people to really understand where they're at, um, what the boundaries are, and what their expectations are. And so, when you know that, then you're free to actually move in that direction. Um, it's part of that authenticity, um, and to know that when they are off off path, so um, yeah, it's not that it may feel like it's not nice, but that. Clarity is important.
1: Clarity is important. And I think you see this a lot with when uh, leaders shift, even within an organization, right? I, and I always talk about um, the employee experience and how it doesn't matter what department or what leader I'm with in a particular organization, I should have some level of consistent employee experience, right? I, yep. It shouldn't be thrown from, uh, you know, the the frying pan into the fire, so to speak. but. We see it oftentimes when uh, employees, but particularly when there's a movement within leadership or a restructure. And so now I have been reporting to um, Kathy for a couple years and I know what the expectations are. I know how to navigate through the organization, but now suddenly in comes Joan and Joan has a very different set of expectations and if those expectations from Joan even the same company the same team the same department but if those expectations aren't communicated from Joan then it's a, a, a huge setup for failure for folks and i we i see this all the time i'm sure you do too where mm-hmm. new managers come in and it's like well and they just don't set out any any clear expectations for folks and it, it's um, and then all of a sudden the leaders are pointing the fingers at the team members and wondering why things aren't going uh, the, the way that they want them to.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: So yes, uh, clear is kind.
0: <laughs> yeah. Clear is kind. Yes. Yeah. So people know what to do, what to, what to rise up, up to, what the expectations. Right. Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk, just touch briefly on is this notion about um, that it's a little, it's different than trust and it's kind of a the difference from the inside out where trust is, uh, will you give others the benefit of the doubt when you take a risk? And psychological safety is, will others give you the benefit of the doubt when you take a risk? So it's really more that team, what what you expect the team is going to give to you um, when you take a risk. And I th- I thought that was important to, um, just to call out.
1: Wow. I like that. Yeah. I had never thought about it that way, but yeah, it's kind of, um, akin to something that I saw earlier about, um, uh, self-respect and taking care of yourself as well. Um, is that one doesn't, one doesn't ameliorate the other, uh, right. You can, um, have self-respect, um, by saying, this is what I need, um, but that doesn't mean that I'm diminishing trust or taking away anything else by putting it out there and saying this is what I need. So that yeah. it it works both ways, right? Those expectations that trust doesn't just come one way; it it's got to go both both ways. And and you need to as uh, as an employee be able to say well, this is what I need too. That's where that that dialogue comes in, and why that's so important. I, again, otherwise you're looking at this squarely the difference between managers and leaders managers are going to say this is a one-way conversation this is what i need i don't care about what you need where a leader is going to sit down and say here's what i need let's hear from you what do you need uh as well
0: yep yep so i want to dive also just a little bit more into um what is psychological safety and there's a uh uh researcher, Dr. Timothy Clark, who wrote the book, The Four Stages of Psychological Safety, Defining the Path to Inclusion and Innovation, um, he he proposes there's four stages to psychological safety. And what I thought was interesting about these, so I'll go through these really quickly, but I thought they actually align very well to um, Dr., um, Dr. Rock's uh, model around um, the brain and how we think, um, his scarf model. And so mm. I thought mm-hmm. we could talk just a couple of minutes about that. So the first stage is inclusion safety. Inclusion safety satisfy, satisfies the basic human need to connect and belong. Whether it's our first day of school, we've taken a new job, or joined a neighborhood book club, when we have inclusion safety, we feel accepted by a social unit and can interact with its members without fear of rejection, embarrassment, or Mm -hmm. punishment. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I I was thinking about this as a new, um, when you're starting something new, like a new um, venture, are you, are you, do you feel part of the group? And what is it that allows you to feel connected to that group?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think about uh, new team members coming into a team and it's like, okay, here's your desk. uh, There's your phone coffee's over there storerooms rooms there have at it <laughs> and yeah how you know how just uh, alone you feel in that moment of you know and no one stops by no one comes you know no one's there you don't know who to turn to who to go to um and you know you never feel um a whole or, or a part of of that team everyone just kind of works within their own silos and um the reach-outs may be few and far between. They may start to feel genuine at some point, but I, no one really ever gives, right? It's just kind of everyone's got their wall and you never really make those connections. And so how do you, how do you function? How do you have the good fight, right? When, when you need to have a really tough conversation um, for the the benefit of the, the, the people, the team, the organization, um, when you don't have that inclusion.
0: It's so true. And we think about um onboarding and how challenging that is right now. With, yeah. I mean, it's challenging anyway for any employee. But when you're starting an organization and you're 100% virtual, not, not everybody yeah. is yeah. in that situation, but there's a lot of us that are working from home. And I, that it, it produces just its own really set of challenges. And we have to be so intentional about making sure that we have – connected that person in maybe it's a few um you know meetings that you've already set up so that at least they have a zoom with all Mm -hmm. their new team members are there otherwise it could be weeks before they meet them all Mm -hmm. um just really intentional reach outs and connections with people to try and create that at the work level but also at the personal level because you won't have that casual conversation in the uh, Lunch room, you know, yeah. or yeah. getting so your problems. water from the water cooler, you know, that proverbial water cooler. Um, yeah. So, as leaders, we have to really think about how do we uh, make sure that we're doing a really good job of that in the current situation. Yeah
1: current situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for leaders too, and I've worked with a lot of leaders over the years and you maybe have had a similar experience, but you try and give them guidance or or suggest that, you know, in your first month, take each team member out for lunch or out for coffee or spend an hour in their space, getting to know them and connecting with them as, as humans. Um, And that's so important. And it's, I'm uh, often surprised at how many times New managers will say, I'm too busy for that. There's too much to do. Um, and how do you, how do you yes. move forward and do those things as a team if you've not taken the time to get to know people on your yeah. team? Who, who, yeah. who
0: make up your team? <laughs> yeah. What's they'll more get, important get, than that? Yes, <laughs> Nothing. So nothing's more important than that because they can't be up and productive without it. So yeah. while it might be a time saver for the leader themselves, it certainly isn't for the overall Productivity of the team in which they're responsible. so yeah. and, very and short-sighted.
1: Just, it really is, and they get so focused on the operational piece. And it's like if you spend all your time in the operational piece, you have not moved beyond being an individual contributor. Right, you are still right. functioning at that level. Allow your folks to do their work, and in the only way to do that is to really know their own uh, strengths and gifts, um, and to let them work, so you can do the work that you need to do as a leader. Just being out there, being present, engaging in relationships and dialogue. Uh, just, yes. That's just part of what you do as a leader.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stage two is learner safety. Learner safety satisf- satisfies the basic human need to learn and grow. It allows us to feel safe as we engage in all aspects of the learning process, asking questions, giving and receiving feedback, experimenting, and even making mistakes not if but when mm-hmm. we make them yeah. um yeah being able yeah. to see our learning as a positive thing as growth that growth mindset right versus
1: mindset. fixed mindset yeah, yeah and and even the most seasoned person can overlook something um or or um you know, go go astray. Uh, maybe something at the senior level leadership has changed and that person didn't know about it. And so suddenly they've stepped into something that they were completely unaware of. And, you know, things happen and change so quickly in organizations that uh, we, we aren't always fully apprised of everything. Uh, so, you know, even seasoned folks uh, can run into those pitfalls at times.
0: Yes. I was thinking about... Um... Years ago, when I went through some lean training, and they were talking about the um, a study that was done where uh, workers who were very, very intentional, uh, double checking, triple checking, um, they were counting how many mistakes a person made, even when they were very, very focused. And it was six mistakes a day.
1: Wow. Isn't that
0: amazing? So even yeah. when we they were very, very conscious, uh, trying not to make all these mistakes, six. And so they figured that's about the average that we make a day. Six mistakes a day when we're paying attention that when we're paying attention. Wow. Um, you know, that's
1: and when we when we have all those other human pieces, right? Yeah. What are our kids doing? Uh, what's going on at the house? Is my, is my how's my yeah. car doing? I mean, all those right. things start to factor into it as well. And yeah. now suddenly you've added stress, um, and that's going to take away from your ability to even be completely on point. So how much do your mistakes vary, given where your state of mind is? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I think the other piece that comes back to me is, I think, in connecting part one or point one that you made about really knowing your folks to um, part two of this or point two is, if you don't know your folks well enough to recognize when they're in a state of distress, um, how does that play out when mm-hmm. mistakes come up, right? Yeah. So, no, you can't cope. Hey, it looks like yeah. you're struggling with something. Are you okay? Let's talk about how to get the work done, but let's talk about how to do that in a way that, that makes sure you're taken care of uh, and you can be whole as well. So, I mm-hmm. think those one and two really play on each other. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stage three is um, contributor safety. So contributor safety satisfies the basic human need to contribute and make a difference. When contributor safety is present, we feel safe to contribute as a full member of the team, using our talents and abilities to participate in the value creation process. Uh, We have a natural desire to apply what we've learned to make a meaningful contribution. Yeah so important
1: yeah you know what that makes me think of is the um the the what they used to call the Blake Mouton grid I don't know what they're calling it these days but it's the four quadrants right of task and relationship and if you're at that zero zero point kind of in that lower left quadrant um, of the matrix it's that's called uh laissez-faire leadership meaning you're kind of the one that sits in your office all day and never makes an appearance um, and what, what we always say is, you know, uh, nature abhors a vacuum. And that is so true in leadership. And if you are an absentee manager sitting in your office, never coming out, someone is going to take that spot. And it's probably not going to be someone that you want to take that spot <laughs> because they're going to step in, they're going to see a void, and they're going to enter with their own coercive power. And so that um contributor safety that you speak about we see that start to break down oftentimes when that void exists and you now you've got someone who who the eye rolling the looks the body language starts to come out and you can see people starting to shut down um, when that contributor safety isn't there and it usually results from the lack of a leader or a manager not being present or even allowing it to happen right in front of them, right? Yeah. And so now suddenly you've taken away all that contributor safety.
0: Yep. So good. And the last uh, stage, so these layer on, right? So that we have to get people first to feel included and then to feel um, safe at uh, learning from their mistakes as they go along. And then also contributing to the group uh, and then last stage is challenger safety. So challenger safety satisfies the basic human need mm-hmm. to challenge and improve. It's the support and confidence we need to ask questions such as, why do we do it this way? What mm-hmm. if we try this? May mm-hmm. I suggest a better way? And I, I was thinking, yeah, that that is kind of, that's the challenge, right? To get people yeah. to really be feel comfortable and safe that is the gold standard around um psychological safety for people to be able to say something that might not be um that they may get some pushback from the group uh, that they might not uh might not be the nice thing when i said it wasn't about being Uh nice yeah so it's being able to uh challenge the status quo Mm, Ask why
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It reminds me of the story about, um, you know, there's got to be, there had to have been a lot of safety on this team. But on the East Coast, we don't really, maybe once every 10 or 20 years, we experience this here in the Pacific Northwest with the ice storms or the ice builds up on the power lines. And um, it snaps the power lines. Well, you would know all about this, Crystal. with <laughs> Your husband does, but <laughs> on the East Coast, apparently, it's a much bigger problem. And so they were all a bunch of people, um, you know, guys and gals who do this work were sitting around brainstorming and saying, what do we do? How do we prevent this from happening? And someone said, oh, we need elephants to come in and grab onto the wires and shake the wire so it shakes the water off so it can't um, turn to ice, right? I mean... Kind of silly on on the front end, and you've got to have some pretty safe, comfortable space to say, "Let's bring some elephants in and to this uh, blizzard environment (laughs) and shake
0: these
1: power lines." But actually, that was the solution, Uh, not the elephants, but (laughs) coming up with. I was uh, gonna uh, say, I don't (laughs) think they probably brought elephants in, (laughs) (laughs) but it was this this um equipment that they designed and built that would come and shake the wires to keep the water off the wires from freezing and so but again you know if you don't if you don't have that level of um, uh, safety to say hey what about this, this crazy idea that I had, uh, you know, you, most places they'd laugh you out of the room. And might not let right. you come back. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, that you've got to have a high, high degree of, of safety in order to say something kind of you know oh, here's something really outrageous.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, that's great, and and it's interesting. I think you know, brainstorming is one of those things that we sort of take for granted as. Mm-hmm. Um, a common tool that we can use in the organization, but if we don't have a certain level of psychological safety, yeah. uh, they're not. People won't even bring forward their ideas in that kind of an environment. Yeah. So, and I and also made me think about the uh, that importance of creating. Um, part of creating that environment is setting clear expectations around that. Mm-hmm. So when you do have a brainstorming session, that you really hold tight to that any idea is okay and that it's okay to build off somebody's idea but it's not okay to comment on it as far as to say oh that's not a good idea or that would never work so setting clear parameters before you start that conversation uh, before you start the brainstorming session will help people feel safe to be able to say crazy ideas
1: yeah a good reminder uh, yeah. yeah, and I I think even in a well formed team, sometimes we just have to put those reminders out, um, you know, uh, with some frequency, you know, to let people know. Yeah, we may have a good thing going, um, but I just want to put it back out there that as the leader, I'm ensuring your your safety.
0: Yeah. So, so let's um let's jump to some really specific things that people can do to set up a psychologically safe environment for uh, both as being a member of a team because we and as a leader because we know that everyone is a leader. If you have an opportunity to influence, um, you're a leader. So thinking about ourselves both as uh, team members and leaders and members of organizations, what can we do? So one thing, um, and I talked about Amy Edmondson before, um, but I would encourage you, you can just Google it, Um, People can um, do just a quick assessment uh, if they want to do it themselves to do the assessment, or you could have your team. Um, uh, Also, uh, look at these seven characteristics that she puts out there. So I'm going to read them real quick. Um, I think they call it the five-minute assessment. Uh, If you make a mistake on this team... It is rarely held against you. Members of this team are able to bring up problems and tough issues. People on this team rarely reject others for being different. It is safe to take a risk on this team. It isn't difficult to ask other members of this team for help. No one on this team will deliberately act in a way that undermines my efforts. Working with members of this team, my unique skills and talents are valued And utilize. So that's just a quick way you could look at that and say, hmm, how am I uh, contributing to this, your own self-assessment, but also you could have a team discussion and then ask the question, well, what could we do that would move us along towards this um, ideal? So that's one idea. What what ideas um, do you have, Danielle, of specific things people can do to create uh, an environment that is psychologically safe?
1: I think one thing that um, leaders can do that's often not thought about because we tend to think about this purely from the relationship aspect, but is look at processes that are and procedures that are in place. Yeah. Because if you have procedures or processes that are not clear, are contradictory, um, oftentimes maybe um, are confusing, um, they they are conflict with other processes. Those are things that can cause just as much frustration and erode psychological safety as well um so i i think not only looking at and assessing things from the relationship side but assessing um, what are the processes that you have in place so um you know just it creates it creates conflict it creates frustration um it can create um conflicting expectations and those are all things that then begin to erode the team over time so equally important to think about those things um but i would also add for leaders especially be really cautious of the body language and oh, watch, yes, watch for things that might be occurring because everyone can say, of course I support you. Of course I'm not going to say anything derogatory or demeaning, but they're often the ones that are sitting in the corner rolling their eyes or pointing fingers or giving the glaring looks that will shut people down. So be really, really cautious of what other people are doing uh, in meetings and, and don't forget to overlook that.
0: Yeah, you know, the other thing when you were saying that comes to mind is really encouraging people to have the conversation in the room because that's another really damaging thing when people have, when, you know, yeah. the meeting happens outside the meeting. So yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of conflict or d- disagreement in the meeting. And then we leave the meeting and all of a sudden here's all the conversation about that was such a dumb idea. Right. I can't believe she would say that. Uh, he you know doesn't know what he's talking about whatever that's so keeping the conversation and that can even be a team norm keep the conversation in the room um yeah. so that we can all wow. have the benefit of hearing the good ideas and the disagreements
1: yeah I like that one too and you're so right it's just uh radio silence and crickets and then as soon as the meeting disperses, that's when the real chatter starts. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've both seen that.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Definite indicator that you don't have psychological safety.
0: Yeah. Um, just a couple of other things sort of from my coaching world is um, to put the, the problem, whatever the problem is that we're trying to solve, uh, out in front of us. So what that means is that we're both looking at it together that there's no blame like what did you do it's like oh here's what happened let's look at this together and see what we can learn so that it can be more successful in the future and then that puts everybody's brain uh working towards a solution rather than trying to blame somebody for what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a good one. Yeah. Another thing is to um Really, uh, you know, I actually use this technique quite a bit where you say, I would really like your feedback. I know that there's something that's not quite right, and uh, I may have missed something or something like that where you're saying, you know, um, I'm not expecting people to be just saying, oh, good job. Uh, We love your work but I'm, I'm not satisfied with what I've done. Um, Can you help me figure out what I need to do better? And it's amazing how people will um, usually in good spirit, you know, jump in and say, oh yeah, well, I have you thought about it this way? Or how about that? And I found a lot of success uh, getting people to engage in problem solutions by doing that as a leader.
1: That's a, that's a great approach as well, and I think that's particularly um, insightful because, especially if you're working with a new team or new team members, you don't necessarily know what their experience, their past experience has been. So if they're coming from a place where psychological safety or it, or you've not been allowed to give that level of feedback uh, to leaders, um, you know, inviting them to do so can have a lot of power.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think as a leader too, um. Lastly, I would say, and these are actually aligned also with Amy Edmondson's um, her recommendations as well, is um, to remain curious. So to really um, ask uh, probing questions and encourage others to do the same. So, but as a leader, go first, model the way, on mm. uh, even if it's your own thing, right? Especially if it's your own thing that you've got um, that we're talking about um just asking good questions, staying curious, or how how might that work? You know, trying to stay on the positive side, but um or what what might be me missing. Um so really continuing to show that we can ask questions and mm-hmm. we can have different opinions uh, mm-hmm. without it getting personal.
1: Like that one. That's a great one. Especially if you have an idea that comes up that is a little quirky or a little out there right? Let's talk about how that might work. That would keep the, the positive energy going for sure.
0: Yeah. And and even if it was a super quirky idea, like you, like you said, there's probably something like the story you shared with us about the elephants. Um, <laughs> you know, there may be some really good idea that comes out of that. So yeah, yeah it, all of it might not work, but um, there may be pieces that um, are really innovative that we can, that we can do.
1: Yep, yep, um,
0: yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think lastly is uh, always looking for the win-win. So um, helping people see that we're all on the same team. So really making that clear. We're on the same team and here's the impact that we can make. So let's all kind of dive in and, and help um, get us to that goal because we need everybody's ideas to make this work oh I know the last thing was um also the um appreciating recognizing and appreciating people Mm -hmm. uh when they do um have good ideas and when they do challenge Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. we get to a better spot so Mm -hmm. really drawing that line for other people especially in the room that hey you know look (laughs) thanks you know um emmanuel for your great idea about the elephants and look where it took us it we sounded kind of crazy but now you know congratulations to all of us for getting us to this now with specialized equipment you know and that's been a great impact so drawing the line for people so they can see oh yeah this was safe yeah. this was okay yeah. love it
1: love it Oh, yeah. so much to talk about with the subject.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can you tell we're a little excited about it? <laughs> it's just got, it's just, you know, I think we both really believe that um, we need everybody. Uh, we need everybody to be reaching their fullest potential in order for organizations And really the world, you know, for us to be viable and successful. And so without psychological safety, that's not going to happen. So it's a really fundamental key piece to, um, as a leader, knowing how to do this is really important so that you can bring the best out of everybody um, to really do the best in the world. Well said, Crystal. Well said. All right. I think we're we're definitely at the end of our time. So thanks for the listeners who are still hanging in here with us. We <laughs> hope you learned something today. Um any last closing comments before I close this out, Danielle?
1: No, I don't think so because we'll we'll dive down into another rabbit hole, you and I. So <laughs> I think we'll save any uh new ideas uh in closing for next time.
0: <laughs> okay, great. All right. So just reminding um, our audience to send in their questions about leadership and leading in these unprecedented times. Um, and we'll try and answer them um, on air in our upcoming podcast. And you just send those questions to Leadership and Lattes, and that's A N D, Leadership and Lattes at gmail.com. And also, please subscribe to our podcast, it's free, and share with other leaders like yourself. Uh, that you think would benefit from this podcast we'd love it if you'd share it so um thank you Danielle for co-hosting with me and I look forward to our next podcast thanks for to our audience for listening and we'll see you next time take care